Hey y'all, welcome to Poetry for Black Girls, a conversation where we discuss poetry, healing, and everyday tips that you can incorporate into your life to make life a little less stressful. I am your host, Angelina, a licensed social worker and a black girl. Here we go. Hey y'all, in this week's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing a very special guest. Her name is Alicia B. She is the creator of the podcast Surviving 20s. She is a social worker. And of course, she is a black girl. And on this episode, she does share a poem with us. And we talk about an array of experiences when it comes down to being a black girl in the social work field, healing your own inner wounds and traumas, And also what it looks like to take everything you can out of the situation you're in and make it work for your good. As y'all know, we got to start the episode off with a poem. So Alicia shares a poem with us that she enjoys and it was very delightful. So here we go. So Alicia, are you a poet? No, I'm not. I love poetry though. (laughs) Okay, so do you have a poem that you like really enjoy? Maybe you want to share with us? I do, and I'm probably going to butcher the author's name, but I'm going to try to pronounce it anyway, if that's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it is by Abino C.E., and it is entitled Dear Black Woman. Mm. Um, Dear Black Woman, do you know that you're astonishing? I envy your strength. I salute your courage. I commend your confidence, and I am in awe of your beauty. Skin of chocolate and heart of gold, hair spun to the finest of threads, a statement of pride, a woman of eloquence and class, mother of Africa, a voice of the nation. There is power in your variety and strength in your voice. You speak your mind, but it seems as having an attitude. Your independence is seen in being unapproachable. And you refuse to settle for anything less than you deserve is seen as unappreciative. You are not an angry woman. But one with something to say, dear black woman, you may face scrutiny for your complexion, your curves, your kinky hair, but he not the critics. Remember that they yearn for your swag and rhythm. They want your complexion, your curves, but your beauty cannot be intimidated. Mm, I love that. So is that your favorite poem? It's one of them. Um Girl, I love going to, it's called Underground Coffee on mm. Sundays here um, in South Carolina. And it's just like, oh my God, why can't I write poetry? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a place like that called the House of Art in yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love I love wordplay. Like, it's a book. Um, It's an adolescence book, but I like it. It's called Nothing Burns As Bright As You. And how though Arthur like described these two um adolescent teens, it's just like, oh my god, this is why I love this. <laughs> <laughs> what like what sparked your love for poetry? I don't know. As a child, I hated reading. I really did. <laughs> um, but I think like rap rap music did because I love the double entendres. I love how in poetry you could be talking about being in love. But the person is describing it as drinking hot chocolate, you know, yes. like it's just like, how did you what wait what? <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that about it. 
And it can be anything and it doesn't have to make sense. It's a form of art and it's up to interpretation. And I feel like sometimes that's how I am. Like, it's just up to interpretation, just depending on the day. <laughs> yes, I love poetry for the same reason. I don't like reading it either. Like, I would Mm-mm. prefer for somebody to perform this spoken word. I love it. I love, like, uh, rap battles. Mm-hmm. I just love when people can use their words to paint a picture and just take you anywhere. Go anywhere on this ride with them. I love it. <laughs> Right. And I love to escape. So that's probably another reason why I love poetry because you can just escape in it, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. Y'all absolutely love that poem and the conversation with her gets even better. So now that we have indulged in some poetry, here's the conversation with me and Alicia B. I want to talk about your podcast first, if that's okay with you. Perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to it, uh, loved it. I listened to the episode where you talked about are we on a time clock and it really spoke to me because I think that right now um you know for myself I've been talking about on the podcast how I have these different goals weight goals uh, relationships you know friendships and I really enjoyed that episode because it spoke to how we don't have to rush things and we don't have to feel pressure to reach this goal by this age and so I guess my thoughts are do you have any goals for yourself or how are you dealing as far as um lifting that pressure off of yourself and not pushing yourself so hard to just meet these goals by a certain time okay I'm gonna start with the podcast first so um I started a podcast where people were pushing me to do a podcast because originally it was like video statements with one of my friend girls and everybody was like, just do a podcast, do a podcast. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it while doing the podcast. I hated it. I was like, this sucks. I suck. I hate my voice. I don't know what to say. And it was just like, okay, girl, just get out your way. Um, But I think from a learned experience of you have to do things a certain way to get the certain lifestyle that you want. And I had the perspe- perspective, excuse me, that everything was so black and white. And when I realized things weren't coming how I wanted it to be, or I was shooting myself, I should do this, I should do that. But I, I'm saying all of these things and I'm realizing like, they're not occurring. What's wrong with me? You know, mm-hmm. It was when I went to therapy and she's just like, okay, but certain things you just got to put on the shelf. And it's like, no, ma'am, I'm 26. <laughs> I, you know, I'm almost 30. What's, what's going on? Why is, and it's just like, no, you have to realize life is a continuum. Mm-hmm. If you complete all your goals, then what, what you going to do? You're going to die. Is that the, the next step? Or if you accomplish all your goals, or if you're able to have everything that you want, are you able to keep it? Hmm. And a lot of times it's like, you have to be in position. You have to sacrifice certain things. You have to mold and you have to become someone new in order to obtain the things that you need. And a lot of us don't want to go through that growing pain. I can say as a 30 year old um, that was in a three year relationship um, that loved her boyfriend, that we knew we wanted to get married. And, you know, I bought the house. I have the job. I'm going to pass my LCSW when all that came crashing down. It's just like, okay, girl. Now we out here preaching to these people. <laughs> we out here preaching that, you know, you shouldn't be shitting yourself, but what's up with your life? And how are we going to get this together? So I would tell anyone, um, have realistic goals for yourself, but know that 
life is going to life, if that makes sense. Like life is going to happen. You you don't know where you're going to be in the next five minutes. As cliche as that sound, anything can happen. So you have to give yourself grace, um, mm-hmm. allow the universe to, to do what it needs to do and just take your time. Yeah. So is that something you learn in therapy? Like letting things happen, life is going to life. Like how did therapy, because you said, going through therapy is like it seems where that was your transition period where you kind of were coming from this period of things have to happen and I'm I'm about to be 30 you know they need to happen a certain way to kind of just letting things be as they are like what happened in therapy <laughs> so before therapy um I was diagnosed at the age of 25 with endometriosis um severe stage four and I was in graduate school, girl, my first year, my first year, girl, <laughs> um, I was in a toxic relationship, uh, and I think it was like that last semester, or maybe two semesters before I graduated, my my um, professor was like, before you get on somebody's couch, you need to, well, before you ask someone to be on your couch, you need to get on the couch, and I was like, okay, this is going to be cool as a breeze, got on that couch and just didn't know how much I was carrying, right? Mm-hmm. And so I healed from, so what I thought, because healing is a continuum. So I healed at that moment for certain things um, from just going through the endometriosis, thinking that I was not going to be able to have kids to, you know, why did this guy that I love for so many years, why did he treat me like that? Um, going through that aspect and graduating, what I say from therapy, I got into a relationship and I got the job and it was just like, oh my God, I'm rewarded for the success, right? Mm. And all the tools that I learned in therapy, I just threw them out the window. Wow. Right. Because it's like, okay, checkbox, (laughs) you know, I'm doing everything right. So I must be. And it's like, no, you're not. So I'm back in therapy now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It sounds like school. You know how we go through school. Mm -hmm. We learn a lot of things. And it's nothing like what we learned, really. So how is that? Are you... So your relationship status now, are you still with him? Happily single. Okay. Um, so single. So, and you say you got in the relationship, you got the job and everything you learned in therapy went out the window. Then what happened? Like, are you still at the job and what happened with the relationship? <laughs> yes. So, um, the guy in which I was speaking with or talking to, we known each other since freshman year of college, Right. So um, solid foundation um, as friends first. Um, However, he had his own issues. And I think sometimes as a social worker, we think we can save people and we get lost in people. And although I still love him, still a good man, nothing about him. However, um, it just wasn't it wasn't right because we we got comfortable with one another and when we were trying to fight to make it work, it was just like, no, because you're pulling me away from what I need to do. And you need to figure out who you are. Um, But I struggle with, oh, my God, I have this great person. Why do I have to let them go? And that was abandonment speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. And and if I can be honest with you, I got a reading done. And I was just like, I need some help. Like, I need some help. And um, my spiritual teacher, she was like, you got to let that go because everything that's tied to that person is weighing on you and you are not going to enter into the season that you're supposed to be in while holding on to this person. Cause they have to figure out what they need. Mm-hmm. Girl, my heart was so broken. 
And last year I tried to make it work and I was like, but what if we do this and what if we do that? And everything that could possibly happen with me failing my exams, my, my house, I'm having house problems and car problems and health problems. It was just like, okay, God is trying to let me know, like, you keep on holding on to stuff or people that are not aligned for you anymore. This is what's going to happen. And so um, I had to let it go. Truly had to let it go. Um, but while I was letting it go, I was getting so triggered. And it was just like, yeah, I got to go back to therapy because I know there's things I need to work on. But being by myself is echoing a little too loud for me. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I feel like our lives are aligned so well. Like I, everything you've said, I feel like happened to me too. <laughs> it's so interesting because I, I talk about how I went to therapy and for me it was in grad school, but um, I went to therapy and I had different, different experiences in therapy, just learning. For me, it was, I felt like things were supposed to go the way they were supposed to go. Like, this mm -hmm. is the way it's supposed to go. Why is it not working out this way? I was not comfortable with things looking different. It's supposed, I graduated. I was supposed to get the job. I was supposed to make this kind of salary. And it just wasn't happening. And so my therapy uh, before I graduated from grad school was learning how to be okay with having multiple plans. Mm -hmm. And that was a very hard thing for me to experience. And then with the dating with the guy, like literally that's why I'm in my 90 day cleanse right now because of a guy that didn't even make me his girlfriend, um, you know? And so just letting him go and realizing like, once I let him go, I feel like I was finally able to work on me, like my physical health, my mental health. And I got a reading too. Yes. I don't know, girl. What's your sign? Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, oh my God. That's my moon sign, but I'm a Pisces. But I don't know, girl. I, I think it's just something in the air for real. <laughs> so are you doing therapy right now? Mm -hmm. Like practicing therapy? Yes. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm in therapy right now. I am um, a social worker at a um, hospital. I work with at-risk mothers um, who are either giving birth or um, pregnant. Oh, wow. How is that for you with, you know, so you're not, you're not going to be able to have kids. Is that, is that what no. you said earlier? So that was a concern of mine, but no, everything is good. Um, when I had my last surgery, they were able to remove the nodule. So it was intestine. It was, excuse me, it was entangled in my intestines and behind, um, some of it was behind my uterus. So they didn't have to take my uterus, thank God. Um, mm -hmm. But they did have to take a chunk of my intestines. But girl, I have healthy periods, um, mm -hmm. no concerns about fertility issues. I just truly think it was something that, you know, when you don't take care of yourself or you're e eating improperly, that's just the result of it. Um, but everything is good there. Um, working with mothers, it can, it can, it can be taxing. I'm not going to lie because people think, oh my God, you, you're dealing with mothers. And it's like, yeah, I'm dealing with mothers who have substance abuse, mental health, domestic violence. And like the man is in the room and you know, it's just a lot, but you know, I'm a social worker, so I'm built for it. So is social work it? Like, is that what you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? At times, I was like, you know what? I don't want this. This, this is too much. <laughs> However, 
the fact that I'm pouring into myself, I'm dreaming again, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I want to have my own practice. I am going to have my own practice. I want to offer coaching. I want to do consulting. Um, I'm a part of Black Girls in Social Work. Um, I'm the vice president. So the president and the creator, we are really close. And she has a lot of vision for um, Black Girls in Social Work. And I'm there to support and see where we're going to go. Mm. What's Black Girls in Social Work? So Black Girls in Social Work is a nonprofit organization for Black women that are in social work so they can have that additional support within their state, um, just feeling heard, you know, and supported. We have a Instagram, Black Girls in Social Work, and a Facebook group, and also a platform for members. And if you are a Black girl in social work and you want to be on the um, the paid subscription, I'll get that information. I'll make sure to give it to you. Yes, thank you. We can put that in the show notes, and I need to look into that myself because I need a community. Like, and and that's true. We all need communities because I think we're like a low percentage in the field of social work, and it's kind of hard when all your counterparts are, you know, um, white women or white men or not up, just not black, and they don't understand. And sometimes you understand more of your your clients that you serve because you may come from the same neighborhood or or background um so we we have mentorships we have scholarships opportunities we have different um organizations well not organizations but like sisterhoods i would say for each state so we have city reps and just self-care days it's it's a lot it's a lot (laughs) i am so excited to look into that I def- I think that's what got me to start my podcast. That was a part of it. Um, I didn't want to come from a social work standpoint because I wasn't yet a social worker. Mm-hmm. But uh, The Joy of Social Work, have you ever heard of that podcast? Yes, I actually met her, I think, right before the pandemic at um, the Millennial Social Work Conference. She is so nice. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And what about Melanated Social Work? Uh, I I haven't listened to it, but I think one of them was at the conference as well. But I do follow them on um, Instagram. Oh, my gosh. So to hear like that's what that was my community. Like that's what I was trying to hold on to and grasp on to while I was in grad school in a predominantly white, you know, as you stated, field and state and city and everything. (laughs) So I am excited to hear that there's something that actually is made for us to connect with each other. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, girl, we got to get you plugged in. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what I really want to talk to you about is relationships. Let's get into it. So you said happily single. Happily, yes. How single? No, single, single. Like, there ain't nobody over here single. The only time I get text messages from my friends, my mama, my daddy, like, single, happily single. And not looking, not dating, or? The only person I'm dating is myself. I love that. So how do you date yourself? What does that relationship look like? So for me, it's five things. Um, spiritual. So I look myself into the mirror and I just, good morning, Alicia. I love you. You're beautiful. Um, I pray, I meditate, um, physical, making sure that I'm working out. Um, I did pole classing before I came here. 
like before mm-hmm. we start recording so I had to take a quick shower so anything to embrace like that femininity because I've been too masculine for too long <laughs> um just going out to eat um after this I need to pick up my promise ring that I purchased myself mm-hmm. and just being around family and just I don't know just seeing myself because a lot of times I have realized as I reflect on my life I've always put the blame on other people Mm. Or I was always focused on loving someone and showing them the love that I have. And it's like, girl, well, what love do you have for yourself? And not knowing that I didn't have any, right? But yeah, just dating myself, going out to eat, trying to do trips or just fostering and reminding myself you're never alone because you're with yourself. Like the longest relationship we have is with ourselves. Yes. And then it could be a toxic one. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So can you tell us more about the promise ring? Yeah, girl. So (laughs) I've been big on um, establishing values for myself or just principle, right? Because I feel like I've been, well, it's the principle, it's the principle. And it's like, okay, you got everything for everybody else. You got boundaries for everything and everybody else. But what about yourself? Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to make an oath to myself that, you're going to remain in love with you. You're going to accept every aspect of you. You're not going to shy away and you're going to commit to yourself until it's time for you to be committed to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So over the Christmas break, I was like, okay, I need to find a ring. And I found one and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this to myself. So to the, I'll be wet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. So will like you do anything to what's the word, like commemorate the day or how, how else, like, will you, will you write a love letter to yourself? Like your vows, how else will you yes. honor it? You know? Yes. So I thought I was going to be able to pick it up on Monday, but they told me it came in. So yeah, tonight that's what I'm going to do. Mm. I love that. Um, I love that so much because you're going to be able to look back on that letter and those vows to yourself and, I watched this uh, TikTok of this girl who wrote a letter to herself when she was 25 to when she turned 30 and she went back and read it. And it inspired me to write a letter to myself, to my mm-hmm. future self, because do you do shadow work or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. It's like kind of we go back and talk to our younger selves in shadow work. We imagine what we would say to her. We give her what she needs. Yep. But to actually write a letter to your future self and to go back and read it. Or to look back at your ring and to remember the promise you made to yourself, like something so tangible and real, it's gonna really um, solidify the decision to love yourself. So I really loved it. Absolutely, I had to write. It wasn't necessarily a letter, but I had written like a list as to why I left my ex. And again, mm-hmm. he wasn't a bad person. Was not, and I think that's when you have to have the spirit of discernment because a lot of times I know for myself. I've been like in physical um, domestic violence relationships or dealing with someone that's financially abusive, emotionally abusive. And so we know to leave those relationships. Right. Yeah. But like the path, our paths don't align. It's like, but this person isn't really bad. And it's like, no, I had to literally write out a list and like, this is why you left and reflect because when it get lonely, it's like, okay, but I can just cop. No, no, ma'am. Reflect on why, why you left, why you did what you had to do. And it's like, okay. Yeah. 
Why do you think we are taught or we have learned to settle for things as long as they're not physically abusing you or financially abusing you? Like, it's like we don't think about the other things, you know, it's like, oh, if he's not beating you or cheating on you, then why you leave him? You know, why do you think that that's like we're socialized to accept the that? It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have to, <laughs> you have to look at whoever raised you, right? And basically what their life experience taught them. And if they are so used to the bare minimum, sometimes that's what they're going to teach you. And granted, what I can say about my mother is any man, any man that I have brought to her, she'd be like, baby, I like him, but that ain't it. And so, and so I've had aunts that aunts are like, well, well, why you leave? Well, why? I just don't understand. But he's not doing this. And it's just like, but you're so used to the bare minimum. And that's nothing wrong with that. But when you become more conscious of things, when you become more aware that's what opens that eye and it's just like yeah but it doesn't fit so I can either deny my highest self and be here and be okay or I can take that leap of faith and know that God the universe they have me you know yeah it's like the it's like our values or what we consider to be a good relationship the price is gone up it's not just Am I being physically abused or abused at all? It's, right. it's more so, like you said, does it fit? Like, does this align with what I want? This is, is this how I want to feel when I'm around this person? They may right. not be horrible, but doesn't really fit. So I like that too. Should every woman uh, have a time in her life where she is single or where she's going through this self-love and dating herself? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I feel as though every woman, before she even becomes a woman, um, if we could pour into our young women and just teach them how valuable they are, and I'm not talking about their physical body, but just who they are as a person. So when they're 30, they're not trying to figure out who am I? You know, mm -hmm. we need to set the foundation at a young age that you are deserving. You are love. You are love, period. You you deserve nothing but the best. I think that that would just help so many women out but yes i do believe that every woman should have a time where she gets to know her because if you don't know who you are you are acceptable to anything yes yeah what have you learned about yourself as you've been dating yourself that i am caring i am quirky <laughs> um <laughs> i'm goofy um i'm passionate and i i give out a lot of grace mm. Yeah. Do you think that you focus more on what needed to change versus what? Because I didn't hear you say one thing. I didn't hear you say one thing negative about yourself. And I, I think that is just evident of self-love. I think a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, I, I can work on this or, you know. But do you think that before your self-love journey, what stops you from knowing these things about yourself? I was too focused on the external. I was too focused on like surviving 20s, buying the house, getting the car, relocating, getting the job. And <laughs> when I was getting those things, I still did. I felt a void. Like yeah. I, I feel like, oh my God, I'm just complacent. Like there's something else I could be doing. Why am I not doing it? And that was bringing on anxiety and unnecessary stress. And I don't do well under stress, <laughs> but especially not that self-induced stress, but it was just like, yeah, no, this is not, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, it was just like, yeah, no, no, no. I need to sit still. And don't get me wrong. I have my days. I, oh my God. I'm like, okay, now. All right, God, now I'm doing the work. Come on, let's yeah. speed this up. But it's like, no, I just, I'm just having a day. I'm having a moment, but we're going to get right back onto the regular schedule. And you mentioned this in your, in your podcast about, um, are we on a time clock? And you mentioned complacency like very briefly. Um, and I, I wanted to, I was like, man, I want I want to hear more about that. So like, what do you, what are your thoughts on enjoying where you are? Like, and not always striving for the next thing. Yeah. Enjoy it. Cherish the moment. Cause there's no time like today. Like there's no time like the present. And that's just being more mindful. Like, Girl, when I tell you, I used to lose stuff. I used to lose my phone and it's in my hand because I'm my mind is somewhere else. Yeah. So it's just like, no, when you like, even when you're eating food, like taste the texture. What does it taste like? What does it feel like in your mouth? You know, <laughs> if you're in the mall, try to look at five things that you typically wouldn't look at. Cause a lot of times yeah. we're on autopilot and you don't know. You're just trying to get through the day. But what did you enjoy about it? Nothing. Yeah, gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, love that. I I know I can practice that more because I'm just, it's like, you know, you're not where you want to be, but you're going to look back when you get to the next place and you're not even going to be able to remember where you were or, you know, or you're going to wonder why you was trying to run away from it so fast. So the best thing we can do, like you said, is just be mindful. Right. And well, let me ask you this. Where are you wanting to be? I don't want to be in a place where I have to work for somebody. Like, not saying I want to work for myself. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> Say exactly what you feel. What I'm saying is <laughs> I want to be in a position to where I can choose when I work, where I work, and how I work. And because I'm in debt, um, I have to work, you know, or I'll just be in debt and just owe people money and not pay them. And then that's that long line of things that I have to worry about but I have to work where I I mean like I could choose another job but it's the constant nine to five Monday through Friday I need to work at least 40 hours in order to maintain my life and pay off my debt but if I didn't have as much debt I really wouldn't have to work 40 hours you know what I'm saying so I want to enjoy my life a little bit more and I kind of feel like I am in jail and I'm serving my time to my debtors uh and I am trying to not hate it so much like every day I want to try to enjoy something or enjoy something about this life that I have this Monday through Friday but it's it gets hard because I'm just like man I wish it was a day where I could have a four-day work week or I don't have to work eight hours today okay everything that you said is valid um I don't hate my job because I, I try to get hate out my vocabulary. But whew. However, I do believe that I could be getting paid more um, just to live, like you're saying. And if you can figure out ways in which you can live and still be able to maintain, that's what you do. And everything else you surrender to. And surrendering is not giving up. Surrendering is truly just like, this is where I'm at. There's options. I have options. I just got to figure out how to maneuver. And while I'm not at a place that I want to be, 
I'm still, like you said, expressing that gratitude. Girl, some days I wake up and I go, <laughs> I go to late, I, I go, I go to work, excuse me, late intentionally. Cause it's like, I don't want to be here, but it's like the universe, God is not going to honor that. Mm-hmm. You got to be faithful. And you, you know, I don't know your, your background, but you have to work to your higher self. You got to work unto God until the door is open. Two years ago, um, I was at a Friendsgiving and I was talking to my homegirl and she was just like, I love kids, but I just hate my job. She had a state job. <laughs> I said, girl, go and travel social work. No, I just, that's not my child. She, I think she like in Utah living her best life in her PhD program. Well, sometimes you got to pull the trigger because you got everything that you need. It just <laughs> feels like I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Girl, I got three job interviews on Monday. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. When you know what you want, that's what you focus on. Okay. These little steps, what can I do? Am I networking? Am I looking at certain things that's going to help me elevate? You get what I'm saying? But you yeah. also practicing like, Hey, this is going to be a part of life. Like girl, sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to have a day. We're going to cry. We're going to kiss, kick. We're going to scream. But tomorrow, this is what we need to be doing. We need to be applying five, five jobs every day, no matter what it says. We need to be looking at, okay, how are our counterparts getting these jobs that we know they're not qualified for? Mm-hmm. This I think it's something called like a chat GBT. Girl, you can get a job interview, um, job responsibilities, put it in that, get your resume to shift shape it to where you can have what that employer is looking for. There are options, there's always a way out. Yeah. But it's hard when you're in the thick of it and you can't see anything else. I always keep, what can I be doing? Because it's something I can do. What is this job offering? Can I get free CEUs? Can I get certification? Is there people that, you know, that can put me in place? What can I be doing and put something under my belt? Because while they're using me, I'm going to use them. Right. Exactly. I love that. I love that idea. (laughs) Get what you can out of this situation. And that Mm -hmm. can apply to anything. I agree with everything you said. I think it was so, so well put. Um, as far as going for it, you know, um, making sure that you're focused on your end goal and not being so bogged down and feeling like, crap, I'm in a situation, I'm stuck here. And what, what you said about complacency and being happy where you are and being mindful, whether you're in an apartment you don't like, or, oh, that was me with my weight. When I was heavier, I started being mindful and and really loving on my skin and moisturizing it. Mm -hmm. I did a whole photo shoot. I knew I wasn't the weight I wanted to be, but I said, I'm going to love her right now. So it's just like loving where you are and and finding gratitude in it and finding a way to get everything you can out of where you at right now. I like that. Absolutely. This has been so good. (laughs) I feel so stingy because I really wanted to talk to you so much for my own gain i hope that this helps somebody else because i just wanted to talk to you so bad and you can i don't want you to you know why we're doing this absolutely but like girl i'm here (laughs) so if you just hey you know what's a good time okay (laughs) good thank you so alicia how can um the audience reach you so you can reach me on instagram it is alicia b that is a l e i s h a dot b 
Okay. And what about your podcast? Is it still up for us to listen to? Yes, you can listen to it. Um, Forgive me in advance, honey. I just, I was trying to do it. So you might be like, okay, what's wrong with this girl rambling? But yes, it's Surviving 20s. Um, It's on all streaming um, platforms. Okay. And I will have her Instagram and the link to her podcast and the link to the Black Girls Social Work. Yes, the Black Girls and Social Work group in the show notes. So thank y'all. Thank you, Alicia, for joining us. And we'll talk to y'all in another episode of (laughs) Poetry for Black Girls. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you did, please leave a comment, leave a rating, And share the podcast on any social media platform using the hashtag Poetry for Black Girls so I can share it, connect with you, and we can reach other Black girls. All right. Thank y'all. Bye.